Hey everybody, welcome to Johnny's Secret Stash. This is John Goldman, and we are on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. And broadcasting today from the beautiful brand new station in Sawyer, Michigan. It's just really beautiful here, you know? You got uh, painted walls and wood floors and windows looking out to uh, beautiful nature can't be beat uh unfortunately i'm not sure if adam conley is going to make it with us today but i have a very special guest randy rogers he i believe he might have been on like the first or second episode of uh of the radio show. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the second one. Adam, Adam talked me into it. I talked you into <laughs> it, yeah. You're like, hey, man, can I get on that radio show you guys are doing? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Always trying yeah. to butt in. Right, right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You, of course you were not doing that. Although, that would have been fine, you know? Like, we'd have been happy to have you. Ecstatic to have you back, though. I will tell you that. You know, it's always it's, good to see you, John. Yeah, always good to see you. How I mean, we've known each other for a long, long time. Maybe approaching, approaching eighteen years, twenty years, somewhere around there. I know. Yeah, and interesting. I, I remember. Uh, you know, I think the first time we met, we started talking about music, or or you, your band was playing or something at the time, and. Uh, Went and saw you guys play, and that was it, you know? It was just uh, started talking about music back then and uh, been hanging out ever since. Well, it's, again, great to have you on the show. And uh, let's update our listeners. Uh, you are now uh, actively, like every weekend, playing with uh, Red Deluxe Band. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they've been in existence for uh, obviously longer than you've been playing with them. You you came onto it, I want to say like 2018, yeah, 2017? It was, it was March of 2018. I, I, I kind of, uh, Red Deluxe has actually been around since the early 80s. See, that's what I thought. Like those guys have been playing together for forever. And Roger Kelm, the drummer, yeah, um, he, he's been in, in multiple bands all around the area. Uh, Roger's very well known by the music community. Um, he's like the Charlie Watts of the local music scene. Like probably. he, he's the most steady, even keeled guy, you know, and yeah. uh, just very laid back but busy. He's, he does yeah. everything for the band. You know, he does uh, uh, social media. He deals with people, booking the shows. Uh, you know. One of the other guys, or even myself, we might find one show once in a while, but uh, he's the main contact. Everybody's just blowing up his phone and his messenger constantly. And Roger just, I, I think he loves doing it enough that uh, it doesn't bother him that much. But every once in a while, somebody will get on his nerves. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that must be a, yeah, he is just such an easygoing guy. But if you're going to get on Roger Combs' nerves, it's got to be a big deal. Yep, you've yeah. you got to be a jerk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, sitting back there and uh, just drumming away, he, um, uh, he probably sees it all happening. You know, he's able to see a crowd reacting and, and all that stuff, too. Oh, yeah, we're, we're thinking about putting a GoPro on his head. Okay. He sees every, he sees more than we do, and we're up front. The know? Roger cam. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's funny. Uh, so yeah, let's let's run down the the lineup of your of Red Deluxe presently. Um, presently. So you, Roger, yeah. uh, Bradley, your brother. Yeah, my brother came on board uh, two years ago. Now, yeah, his, his first show with us was Worst Fest, two thousand nineteen. And uh, then, of course, you know, the pandemic hit and crushed everything. So people really didn't get the, the full effect of what Bradley had to bring to the table yeah. until this year, you know. And then, of course, we got... Uh, well, so with Bradley, he uh, plays lead guitar. Yeah. And that guy's been playing lead guitar since he's like four years old, probably. Actually, he used to steal my guitar when he was seven. <laughs> 
And by the time he was eight, he was better than me, so it was a problem for me. <laughs> How much, and what's the age difference? How There's much almost old? five years between here. Oh, and yeah? I, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, it would drive so, me crazy. I would imagine. Like, you know, you're a little eight-year-old brother, you're a high school kid. And yeah, you know, I can admit it school. now, but uh, back then, you know, it was like, quit touching my guitar, it's my stuff, you yeah. know. Uh, but I can admit now it was the fact that he was better than me, and that's really why I didn't want him messing with my guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you weren't worried about him breaking it. You were worried no. about him showing you up. And he did it on a regular basis, and as time <laughs> went on, I was proud of that fact. You know? Oh, that's good. Well, good you can look back at it. Mostly because like he sure. could uh, cover up all of my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He still does. <laughs> uh, well, you know, so... And yeah, you think about it, that's been... He and I did our first uh, public show uh, when I was 14. So, like, when he was nine. Yeah. Amazing. And your brother Doyle also was in this band together with yeah, you guys, right? Yeah, at that right? time, Doyle was doing the drumming for us, and uh, we had another guy playing bass that uh, uh, he was a good friend of my brother Doyle's, Jack Lloyd, and uh, we called ourselves Homebrew. <laughs> Because, oh, really? well, you know, it was the three brothers. Yeah. Um, you know, and then years later, we, we, we named a band that we put together, the Old Brother Band. That, right, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah that, there's so you've been playing, like, in, like playing out, uh, playing in front of people, at least since you're 14, uh, with your brothers, and Bradley when he was nine. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. And, and how, how much older is Doyle than you? Doyle's uh, not quite three years older than Oh, okay. I. All right. So you're a little closer together, but uh, having your little brother Bradley coming around, and, and he also, Bradley, is an outstanding singer. Oh, yeah. He's, he's ten times better than I am. He, he won't say that, but uh, I can say that. He can hit the notes that I can't. Yeah. And there's been times where I'm losing my voice, and I'll just give him a look, and he'll take over. <laughs> and, uh, and I just kind of let stand back and let him do it because I can't finish the song but he can and the strange part about it is nobody notices because he sounds that much like me if he wants to uh-huh you know he's pretty talented I tell you yeah. but yeah you know you shouldn't cut yourself short you got a hell of a voice Randy <laughs> well, I appreciate you've, that you've been singing a long time uh, yeah and it shows <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> cigarettes don't help either no cigarettes do not <laughs> help me but not for singing anyway yeah. Um, they do calm my nerves. Right, right. Um, for everything else. Cause, yeah, because contrary to popular belief, no matter how often you play out or where, it could be someplace that you've played a hundred times, stage fright still hits you. Just yeah. before you get started, you think, okay, it's tonight, tonight I'm going to make that mistake that makes everybody want to not come and hear me again, you know? So you, you worry about that every time. And then about the third song into the night, you're more comfortable and you start fooling around and having a good time. But uh, the first few songs for me, every show, I'm a bundle of nerves. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how many shows you've actually played to still have that. I mean, yeah. you've probably played more shows in different formats with different bands over your, you know, 53, 54 years. 55? I'll be 55 at the end of September, so yeah. yeah, I've been I've been out there playing for uh, forty. What did I say? Fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> you started when you were Start fourteen. Doing the math. Yeah, yeah. so almost uh, more than forty years, years already. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's that's pretty amazing, and and to still like have that little bit of uh, um, uh, butterflies in your stomach before you get up there. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm but really that's what makes you, you know, that's what makes it uh, real when you're getting up there and, and you got a little bit of nervousness, you know, it's yeah. hard to trust like, you know, the really fully experienced uh, uh, musicians that that don't get a little bit of butterflies that uh, I would just get right up there. I would think that they all do. They, some, I'm they sure probably some of them don't. Uh, some of them probably get up there with every bit of confidence in the world. And they don't even care if they mess up. You know? Ice water in their veins. Uh, I've seen uh, plenty of not just local bands, you know, big name bands where they, they, they get up there and they're, you know, everybody's here to see me and, and they're all cocky and they screw up so bad that everybody notices. Uh -huh. And you're, you're like very disappointed. You know, I don't want anybody to be disappointed yeah. in what I have to bring. So I, I, 
I worry about it every time. But not before the show, just when I get there. Oh, well, at I least. I could be at home getting yeah. ready to go. I'm, I'm ready. You know, we're going to have a good time tonight. And, and then I'll get there, and that's when it hits me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. Well, so, uh, hey, at least you're not, like, you know, taking a couple days beforehand and, and thinking the worst and, and having, you know, things run over in your mind and get you all worried about it. At least it's only right then when you, when you get there. Yeah. And I'm glad because if I thought about it too much beforehand, I might not show up. You know, <laughs> yeah, I get that nervous. I really yeah. wow, but you're already there, so it's not too bad. Yeah, once you get there, you're committed. Yeah. You know, you can't say, "Hey guys, I'm not coming." <laughs> you're right? There. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we digress because I believe we were originally talking about the member, the present members of Red Deluxe. Yes. And uh, you guys have a bass player, outstanding bass player. Uh, Kevin Mansfield is actually the original drummer. For yeah, Red right. Deluxe. Oh, wow. Just and moved then, over uh, to the other half of the uh, rhythm section. Yeah. And then, you know, for whatever purpose, you know, whatever reason, he left the band back in the 80s. He actually was touring uh, the United States with a couple other bands. Kevin's a very uh, seasoned musician with right. everything. He plays the guitar. He's a wonderful drummer and a bass player that I, I don't know. It's hard to rival him. He, he just he studies what he wants to do with this song and he just nails it every time yeah and he's a good vocalist too and it, 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 you know he, he does quite a few uh lead vocals on songs and then he throws a third part harmony in there that uh i really enjoy kevin's a uh he's he's definitely an asset to anybody that has him in their group yeah yeah well um so Roger was not the original drummer. Did he play a different instrument before he became the drummer? Or no, Roger was never uh, in Red Deluxe. The, the, the story behind that is uh, the, our original lead guitar player that was in Red Deluxe in the very beginning, uh, Gary Collins, he, he decided he wanted to put Red Deluxe back together. Sure, it was going to be a different lineup, but uh, that's what he wanted to do. And he got a hold of Roger because Roger played drums in a band with Gary when they were in high school uh -huh. called The System. Uh, they even made a couple records. You know, they were cool. really popular around back then, and that would have been the 60s. You know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's, that's how Roger uh, found his way into this oh, band. Oh, gotcha. As Gary kind of was picking and choosing who he wanted to be in the band. And you're talking about when the band came back. Yeah, when, he, when it came back. Yeah. So it started out in the 80s with Gary and um, other people. And then, uh, and then how long was it uh, suspended for? I mean, how long did they not play? Well, let's see. Probably uh, they probably called it quits in the early 90s. And everybody was just doing their own thing here mm -hmm. and there. Uh, their, their original lead vocalist moved back to Detroit. Um, Luke Smith, he was actually part of the original Silver Bullet band. Move a little closer to. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, he was. Bob, He's even Bob named Seger. in uh, a few as a co-writer for a few of Bob Seger's songs. Oh wow! That's... How he ended up down here in Harbor Country, we don't know. Because all the best musicians are in Harbor Country. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that, and like I said, Luke Smith, he's back up in the Detroit area. I'm sure playing music with someone. And uh, one of the other drummers, uh, he's, he's been playing in local bands here and there. And uh, I can't actually remember his name right now. Uh, I kind of kept track of him even after I stopped going to see him as a kid. Because that's how I met those guys. They would let me come in on Thursday nights at the bar. They were hosting an open mic to and, uh -huh. and actually let me play in their band. Cool. And... Uh, Gary would always show me what I was doing wrong. He, he wasn't uh, ridiculing me. He was trying to help me learn. Yeah. And I think that's why I fell in love with him. Then I would follow him around in different bands <laughs> he was playing in. And, and every time I would find him, it'd be like, man, I wish I could be his singer. I wish I could be a singer. And uh, lo and behold, see, it was um, St. Patrick's Day, 2017. Mm. Uh, I went to hear the band he, he was putting together. They were calling themselves the Jackson Band at the time, but it was 
so close to being formed back into the Red Deluxe band. Yeah, and uh, that's right. I remember they were calling themselves the Jackson Band. And, and then, so they were playing this show over Michigan City, so my wife and I went over to listen to them for a little while. And of course, Gary, he says, I get up here and sing a song for us, and he picked a song I couldn't remember the words to, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we muddled through it, and at, at the end of the night, Roger approached me and he says, you know, if you weren't already busy in another band, he said, you know, uh, we've talked about asking you to come in and sing for us. He said, why don't you keep talking? You know? Cool. I said, I can do both. And uh, so a year later, I actually hired them to play for a party that my band couldn't do. Uh-huh. And the only stipulation was that I, I, I got to play a couple of songs with them for the couple that were celebrating. Okay. So Gary says, come down to rehearsal. We'll put those songs together. And we did that. And uh, about a week later, Gary contacts me and says uh, we'd like for you to sing for the band he said something for you to think about I didn't really have to think about it a whole lot I said when can I start that's awesome <laughs> that's a great story and, but you also are playing rhythm guitar up there while you're yeah. singing and that was that was part of it too like you, that was the stipulation he wanted me to play an acoustic guitar that, of course that I didn't own I didn't own one. Oh no uh, no I had a hollow body electric that I took to the first rehearsal with and uh, Gary says no I said an acoustic I said well I don't have one he said well here play this one and he hands me this beautiful ovation guitar and says no, I want you to play this guitar so okay so I was a little uncomfortable with playing someone else's instrument and I, so I said why don't you just sell this guitar to me well I don't want to sell it to you he said just just keep using it just because that's what I want you to do and then uh, I so I found one similar to it that I was going to purchase Meanwhile, they're expensive. I had no idea. It was a $600 guitar used. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so I told Gary, so I'm, I'm going to get this other guitar. He says, no, just keep playing in mind. Don't, don't go buy another one. He says, I never play it anyway. Uh, so a year later, uh, Gary was diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. Right. I remember that. And uh, he gave me the guitar. Oh, my God. Wow. He says, you're going to need this. Well, little did he know, I needed him is what I needed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but uh, so that's not my favorite guitar in the entire world, and I have plenty, but that's my go-to. I, you I, do I have take a lot of guitars, I, I know. <laughs> everywhere I go, that guitar goes with me. Uh, Gary lasted two months before he passed yeah. away. It was, was really pretty quick. aggressive. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, and uh, I remember you talking about Gary Collins way before it was like yeah you know there was like this legend like um he was a local yeah legend. this this legend of like the you know it, it was like uh that you know that movie with sean penn it was a woody allen movie i'm trying to remember the name of it and sean penn was this outstanding uh like almost spanish style guitar player it was like the 20s and um sweet and lowdown maybe i think that was what it was Anyway, part of the story is that, you know, every time anyone say to him, oh, man, you're a great guitarist, he's like, yeah, but uh, no one's as good as Django Reinhardt. And, you know, he's like, <laughs> he would have this, like, little uh, evil in his eye. Like, he wasn't a nice guy in the movie, and uh, his character wasn't, and, but he had such respect for Django Reinhardt. That's like you always were with, with uh, Gary Collins. would be like, hey, man, that was a great song. Well, you know, you've heard... Uh, I'm yeah. not that great of a guitarist. Gary Collins, man, that guy could play guitar. Oh, yeah. And and then you started playing with him. I'm like, this is coming full circle. It did, and I yeah. was pretty excited about it. You know, uh, I I was with uh, the band Bone Naked for eight years of before Of course. Yeah. I'm wearing my Bone Naked shirt right now. And, and the, the plan was to do both. You know, Gary said yeah. that they would work around any gigs that Bone Naked had. Well, I, I guess... It was time for Bone Naked to call it quits for a little while. You know, everybody was doing their own thing. Scott, our bass player, he'd just become a dad. He really right. wanted to focus on that, and uh, I'm proud of him. He, you know, I think he might very well be the best dad in the world. Because Except for me and you. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, he's, he's just the cutest dad. I've, yeah, I've seen that's him what he, you know, That's what he wanted to focus on. Yeah. Um, Adam Conley, of course. The, yeah, he's the, a good the, dad, too. <laughs> you know. What can you not say about Adam Conley? You know, he had other projects going on while he was with Bone Naked right. that I think he really kind of wanted to pursue and put a little more time into. So we didn't really split up. We just kind of 
took a break and said, you know, we're going to come back to this eventually. Yeah. We just don't know when. And, uh, well, then Rob, he started playing drums for the Edgar Wilbury Experience, and I think he's having a good time with that. Um, and then I just jumped in head first with Red Deluxe at that point, and, and I'm glad I did. I got to spend a lot more time with, uh, yeah, my mentor, Gary Kyle. Yeah. Because, you know, it, so I'm thankful for that, you know, that the guys from Bone Naked were cool with me doing that. Oh, yeah, well, you guys in Bone Naked are you know, like brothers. I mean, you, uh, yeah, we spend a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have fun together and oh, yeah. know, they're all just such good guys. So, uh, bone naked is you on lead vocals, rhythm guitar, and then Adam Conley on lead, on lead guitar. What yeah. did I say? Rhythm guitar. Yeah. And then, uh, Scott Coe's on bass and Rob Lemon on drums. Yeah. You know, and you guys as bone naked, um, are, an awesome band. I mean, I, I gotta say, I, I've seen Bone Naked a bunch of times, and I'm always like just blown away that my buddies can play like this. I was I was always just so thrilled to see you guys play. Well, I appreciate that, but there. And again, you let me, pl- you know, hang out at your practices and stuff. Well, and that's just Rob's fun. You know, that's what family around. does, right? We just hang out together. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, as usual, you know, I always had to have someone there. They could cover up my mistakes on the guitar. You know, it, and, and yeah, I know that's comical, but it, it's the truth. I make a lot of mistakes. And there's, there's songs that no one knows about that my volume has turned all the way down because I literally cannot play the song and sing it at the same time. We know. Yeah. <laughs> Some people don't, but you guys do. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit that because you know, I'm very proud of the fact that I've got these great musicians around that can cover it up and just be spot on with everything to where I don't necessarily have to play. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and Bonegan started out as a five piece. Oh, yeah. Who? Uh, so Jay Krieger was playing. Oh, that's with us right. Another guitar player. Very good guitar player. Yeah. He had a good singer, good too. too. Yeah. Uh, but his, his work schedule didn't allow him to right. you know, be a full time musician. It's hard to be a rock star when you got a day job. You know, that's it the thing. Is. You guys got to figure something out there <laughs> yeah so when jay had to leave he, he was he wasn't happy about it but hey you know you got a family to take care of so you gotta you gotta go yeah. to work uh so we just carried on as four piece never really thought about bringing anybody else in and we just figured well, well we'll just uh cut a few songs out of the roster and just keep going and that's right. what we did for seven more years <laughs> yeah yeah so that, uh, Bone Naked's been together for seven years, or it was seven we years at the together. point that you stopped it was, playing? It was eight years, almost eight years. You know, Jay was with us for almost a year, and then uh, we played another seven after he left. I got uh, you. Again, we never really broke up, so I guess That's you could right. say we, we've been together 11 years, 12 years. So it's been 11, 12 years, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, well, here recently we started jamming together again, and we're going to play a big party this Friday. That's right. Uh, just a bone naked fest, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. I know. It was uh, such a nice surprise that you guys decided to pull it all back out and get back together. And, uh, you know, I did attend one of your practices and everything sounded really smooth and great. And I, I, always got, I was just so impressed that I'd show up there and, and they'd be like, oh, what song should we sing? And and then, you know, Adam or someone would come up with a song like, oh, I don't think we know that one. And you'd spend literally like you maybe play it through and then you'd uh, maybe chit chat about it and then just boom, you know, <laughs> then you then you play the song itself. I mean, when I played through, like you would listen to the recording and and then just be able to pick up on, you know, what the um, you know, what the chords are, what the notes are and stuff. And and then boom be able to replay it just right from there that is kind of fun to be able to do stuff like that yeah um but i I can credit that to the fact that i'm I'm almost certain that scott coase has perfect pitch he could reach over and tune my guitar while i was playing it you know because he knew which string was out and which way to go with it you know i I can't do that really i have to stop to tune yeah and he just oh let strings flat and just reach over and Give it, it a, a tweak. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't know that. Uh, which is another thing that my younger brother has done to me before, yeah. Bradley. 
he'll be like, man, your guitar's out of tune. I'll say, oh, it's fine. No, it's not. And so he'll tune it while I'm playing. And he just can't stand it. You'll know? be like, no, it's not. It's not even on. Don't worry about it. So between Scott and Adam, you know, they would pick the song over and say, okay, this is what they're doing, but I think this is what we should do. We, we always made the song a little different, and we never played it exactly like you'd hear it on the radio or the recording. That's right. You made it your own, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then, of course... Yeah, there's there's songs that they would want me to sing that were completely out of my range, so I would change that as, yeah. as best I could to get through it. And you guys put together, uh, you, Bone Naked, uh, put together a, a great lineup of songs that you don't normally hear from you know, a, yeah. a cover band. Uh, not Not to say that in a negative way, but... Um, you're playing other people's songs, and you you guys started playing songs that no one else even knows how to play. Robin Trower's Bridge of Size. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know any other band that would even try to do that. I think it's your fault that you <laughs> decided to start that playing right? that song, you know, because I think you, well, you and I, we went to see Robin Trower up That's in right. Kalamazoo, and uh, we talked about that song after that show, a, a few days after that show, I suppose it was, and and I thought, you know what? we should probably just do that, you know? So I, I talked to Adam about it, and, and he's like, oh, for sure, let's do that. And then sure enough, the next practice, he was ready for it. I, yeah. wasn't, I wasn't ready for it at all. Yeah, I, I thought we had just talked about it. Uh -huh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but with Adam, if you, if you put a seed in his head, uh -huh. before you know it, you, you, that plant starts to grow. Right. You better be ready for him. <laughs> you know, with Adam, not every seed's going to, you know, become something. But uh, when, it, when it is going to come something, it's going to become something real strong. Oh, yeah. And, he, uh, put, he puts 150% into everything he, he's passionate about. That's right, right. And, when uh, he decides he wants to do it, he puts 150%. Good point. You know, the, the funny little story about Adam is, uh, you know, before Bone Naked, Adam played with me as the old brother band was falling apart because, well, my cousin Brian had to go to nights in order to keep his job, so he had to leave the band. Our drummer Dennis had to leave the band. He was, his dad was in really bad health. So I didn't have anybody to play with, you know. So we tried to keep the old brother band together, and, well, this happened and that happened. My brother had moved up to Grand Rapids, so he couldn't come down to practice. and so. Uh, my nephew Doyle had a band together called Orpheus, and they too were kind of uh -huh. just uh, dismantling their their band. It wasn't over something; it was just because people got busy, were yeah, conflicting. So um, I kind of borrowed his drummer and his lead guitar player, and we kept the old brother band together that way, only as a name. I was the only brother left yeah. in the band. And then, of course, the music changed. Uh, well, we're going to start doing this, we're going to start doing that. And then I had to learn some of their material, which is stuff that I had never sang before. And, uh, well, that eventually fell apart, too. But I always kind of kept Adam around, and he and I were doing this goofy acoustic thing at... Uh, Tosis. At Tosis, I remember yeah. That. I mean, yeah. You, you got these two guys sitting in this fine dining lounge. Yeah trying to figure out how are we going to entertain these people when we can't crank it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, they have you turning it down. And he did that for the, we did that together for the whole summer. And we, uh, I built, I build this as a mirror image because Adam's left-handed and I'm right-handed. You know, people got a kick out of that, but we only had fun there maybe twice. <laughs> the, the rest of it summer. wasn't fun. <laughs> no. And then we had left there and we were going to go listen to Gary Collins play down in Three Oaks at the Featherbone. The, he was in a band called The Hired Hands at the time with Bob Bowen and a few others. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let, let's go listen to Bob and Gary for a little while. Bob was in that band? I didn't realize yeah. that. Oh, man. Wow. So, so I got there first. Well, Rob, Rob Lemon was there, and, and the band that he was in, it just kind of fell apart. They, were, I, they called themselves uh, Four on the Floor. They were a fun group, but uh, they just get, couldn't keep it together I guess yeah. you know uh, there, there's uh, conflicts there so Rob's, Rob comes up to me he says man dude he says you need a band I need a band let's do something together I said well you know Adam and I we got this thing going on right now I said but he'll be here pretty soon we'll talk to him about it and, and uh, 
Adam was there maybe 20 minutes, and Rob's talking to him. Maybe 30 minutes later, we decided we were going to put a band together. How do you like that? Born at the Featherbone. Yeah. That's great. Well, and then you guys were like the band for um, uh, for uh, Flag Day. Yeah, we uh, at Featherbone. Yeah, we'd play their Friday and night thing there. Yeah. Yeah, that was always a good time. I remember being at the Featherbone with you one time, and you went up on stage and played. Was that with Gary and those guys? Or yeah. Oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> wow. Who knew? Yeah, there was another thing that happened that particular night is, you know, Gary asked me to do an acoustic song while they took a break so they could get a little bit longer break. It was hot that night. And yeah. I'm like. Well, you know, I just got finished with a three-hour gig, but, yeah, I could probably pull a couple out for you, you know. And uh, so I'm up there doing a couple of songs, and, and I thought, all right, I'm going to finish off my, my little thing here with uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door. And so I'm playing Knocking on Heaven's Door by myself, acoustic guitar. And uh, Gary's wife, Mary, she nudges him. She says, you get up there and play that song with him. Cool. So Gary came up, and he joined me. Through, through the most of the song actually and the next thing you knew their bass player came up and he's playing a little bass then their drummer came up before <laughs> long the, there was a whole band there to finish the song yeah. and, and except the guy who uh whose guitar you borrowed yeah <laughs> jerry butts uh, yeah you, I, I had borrowed his guitar and i had thought man i wish somebody would have got that on video because it, i i seen what seen it unfolding and it was just awesome so i wondered what it looked like out in the audience right and totally <laughs> organic i mean you, here you are you know it's not like you planned it you just you right. started playing he comes up it just that, happened yeah oh yeah that's cool and, you know that's uh that was the first time something like that ever happened to me but after i joined red deluxe and we'd uh got this just out of the blue call to be the headliner at a festival over in indiana and we didn't have a show that night, so we're sure we'll go do it. Well, we weren't really prepared for it, and somebody wanted to hear a Bob Seger song, and we didn't play any Bob Seger yet. So Gary asked me, he says, there's something you can do, you know, just make that guy happy. He's been screaming Bob Seger for the last two bands in the last <laughs> hour. Can you do something? I said, well, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do turn the page. How's that? I'll just do it acoustic all by oh, myself. Yeah. And so... I was up there playing. The next thing you know, Kevin comes up, starts throwing a little bass on it. Gary came up, started playing a little guitar, and then uh, our keyboard player, he came up, started doing a little bit of something, and Roger was filming it, but stopped filming after he got set down at his drums to finish the song yeah. with me. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That is really cool. <laughs> Just like, it's kind of makes this regular guy you know be like a rock star yeah yeah that's <laughs> of course right. though the, probably the really loved it and it probably really pleased the guy who was like calling out for bob oh, seger yeah. songs yeah too. he wanted another bob seger song after that like, oops <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of what we know do you uh so um in red deluxe do you play any is there any overlap between like the song repertoire of red deluxe and the song repertoire of bone naked yeah, yeah, I, I had a few of my favorites with Bone Naked that oh, I asked yeah. the guys to play in Red Deluxe, and they were more than happy to do it. Uh, Red Deluxe was uh, kind of a young group, if you think about it, as far as uh, being together. They didn't have a lot of songs that were ready. Uh huh. Um, I mean, they had enough to get through a night, uh, but uh, they didn't have as many songs as they wanted. So Right, so all of you together didn't know enough songs to, you know, do two nights in a row of, of two, you know, of uh, songs end to end. Yeah. There would have been some, some uh, overlap there. Oh, absolutely, we would have had to repeat every one of them yeah. at the time. Um, and then that's when I, I would throw a few ideas and they would just jump on it and say, yeah, we need some more songs, let's do these songs. And... They're all songs people would either love to hear or dance to. Um, I, never, I never threw anything at them that was too heavy because that wasn't what they wanted to do. Yeah, they're, they're a fun you know, kind of party band. Yeah, uh, they, they like to keep people dancing. Yeah. So I, I brought the, the few dance songs that Bone Naked really had 
to the table with them because it was stuff I already knew. So, and I knew they could, these guys can play anything. Uh -huh, yeah. I mean, they didn't need any teaching or, or anything where with me, when I joined their band, I had to study their music. It was, most of it was stuff I had never even thought about playing. Oh yeah. Like, uh, which ones, uh, running on empty by Jackson Brown oh, was uh -huh. the hardest one for me to learn. Huh? Always. I've always loved the song, yeah. but never thought about playing it. It's not, and it's not as easy as it sounds. It is a smooth song, you know, like it just flows. But I, I'm not, I don't know music like that to be able to say like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. But. If Kevin were here, he'd tell you he's probably tired of it because I like to rehearse it. Every time we get together, yeah. I want to go through Running on Empty because I still feel like I need more practice on it. What are your rehearsals like with um, Red Deluxe? Where do you guys go? Like uh, uh, we, someone's basement or something yeah, like that? Yeah, we, uh, we go to Roger's basement in, in Bridgman. And uh, we're, we're fortunate that his wife, Pam, doesn't throw us out of there because we're pretty loud. <laughs> well, she goes to every concert anyway, so <laughs> it's probably not that big of a deal. But uh, yeah, she's yeah, we, a, we get together down there and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll be serious about songs for half an hour and then we stop and you know we might talk politics we might talk about uh history or, or something you know we, we we spend a little time as uh human beings as well as musicians while yeah. we're there you know right and that's kind of nice because you know it's when when you're not all real close together uh, you you can't become a family and hang out that much so that's kind of how you, you, you treat practices, you know. Uh -huh, it's okay, a we're going to work on these songs for next week, and then we'll start with those songs, and then we stop and uh, socialize, you know. <laughs> it's how you get to know one another and how you become a, a, a real group in, instead of uh, just these four guys that are making music together. We get to be four guys that are just hanging out, becoming friends, you know, and that's important. And that's, I think how Bone Naked was able to stay together as long as we did. You guys all liked each other. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, Rob each and I had company. known each other since the first grade. Yeah. Wow. And then I kind of watched Adam grow up. For sure. Yeah. From a, you know, a teenager into a man, into a, a, a guitar god. Yeah. Everybody wants to be able Adam is his generation's Gary Collins, in yeah, my opinion. I think so. Yeah. Um, a little more elusive. Like, he's... He's sort of the the mystery player. He's happy to go up on stage and yeah. know, play with people, but he also says no when he doesn't want to do something. You know, <laughs> he's not afraid to turn something that's down. Right. You're right about that. But uh, that, that's how I like to to look at Adam. Uh, his playing style is is completely different than Gary Collins. But um, you know, back in the day, everyone wanted to be able to play like Gary. Now, most people are, you know, younger musicians now, they look at Adam and say, I want to be able to do that because Adam is phenomenal. He just, uh, you know, he spends a lot of time going up and down the scales and yeah. uh, practicing and just playing and thinking about music and talking about music. He's, he's also uh, like a music encyclopedia. He sure is. I remember <laughs> I, I, there was like some esoteric buddy guy album that I had had and I like mentioned one of the songs off of that. I was like, oh yeah, I got that one. I'm like, you do? Oh my God, I didn't even know. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that from a guy his age, you know, Adam? Yeah. He's not quite 40. But you just, you talk to him and you're like, how in the world do you know that? Yeah. And this was way beyond before you were even thought of, you know, before you were born. How, how do you know these things? And what makes him thrive on music that, his generation is not into. Well, I wouldn't even say that. I think that there's, well, I mean, I know, I know what you're getting, you're talking about. He, he does have a real appreciation for like blues and sixties, seventies music. And, um, but his generation probably, you know, is a big fan of the eighties and nineties music. More, probably more so the grunge era. I oh, think the grunge what era? They, were, yeah. they were really, you know, they were in high school. This is the new end thing. And it's not that Adam doesn't like that. I think Adam appreciates every kind of music. I think music. he does, yeah. Because he's played hardcore country songs with me. Yeah. And, right, and then we'll go from a hardcore country song right into Stone Temple Pilots, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but that's, that's Adam. He appreciates everything. And, uh, you know, 
Except for disco, I'm not really sure. <laughs> not really. I'd have to pick his brain on that I one. I bet he has an appreciation for, <laughs> for some of those disco songs. You know, people are looking back and be like, not that bad. Yeah. You know? As of late, you know, I've been picking on my brother because there's one, and I don't even consider it disco, but it's, it does kind of have that beat. There's this one song that I'd like to play, and my brother Bradley, you know, love him, and he's an amazing guitar player himself. There's there's really good guitar players that don't even want to get on stage with him. They're they're because they're they don't they're intimidated. Be shown up by him. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and maybe they should be in, in certain areas, but uh, I I like how my brother appreciates other people people's playing yeah. styles and abilities to where he he feels like they could just compliment each other and and uh, rather than compete against each yeah, other. Yeah, right. Uh, he Bradley's a very welcoming guitar player. You know, he's like, yeah, come on, let's jam. Right. Well, back to my uh, disco song, I've been trying to get my brother to play with me. And like I said, I don't, I don't think it's disco, but he says it is. I'm like, okay, can we just agree that it's like uh, uh, hippie disco? <laughs> I mean, it's Pablo Cruz. Come on, it's not disco, you know? What yeah. you going to do when she says goodbye? I mean, you know, right, I right. love that song. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I think people will dance to it, and I think we can have fun. He's like, nope, I draw the line at disco. <laughs> no disco. <laughs> So That's therefore, really we won't be playing that. And uh, we, uh, I know that with Bone Naked, you guys do go off, you know, off the music sheet often. You know, you'll get into a jam and and just kind of keep it going and and that kind of thing. Have, do you do a lot of that with Red Deluxe as well? There are certain songs where I can get away with that. Um, they like to structure the song. And keep it that way. And yeah. I, I appreciate that, you know, because you know when you're going to start, how you're going to start it, where you're going to bring in the solos, and how you're going to end it. But there's a few songs where I will just walk away from the mic and let the solo go and uh -huh. go and go. And I see the frustration in their <laughs> eyes. They're like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're it's almost time. done here. <laughs> you need to get back up here. But... People need to understand, sometimes I just like to enjoy the music, and there are certain solos and certain songs that I, I would love to just sit down and listen. I don't want to have to yeah. play in it. I don't want to have to start singing again. I just want to listen to this. And I would do that with Adam. I do that to my brother, because I never know what I get to hear next. For they sure. change it. Yeah. And sometimes it's way better than the last time, and you already loved what they did the last time. And... Uh, uh, well, that's that's my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I try not to do that too much with Red Deluxe, because they like to be a little more professional than that. And, and like I said, I appreciate tighter, that. You know, like. Uh, uh, but there are certain songs where I, I'll let that solo go just a little bit longer than uh -huh. that they're used to, and they don't get angry about that. But if I did to them what I used to do to Adam Conley, <laughs> they'd probably fire me. <laughs> Just keep him up there and, and not throw him any kind of like, you know, rope to be able to end his solo. Yep. Yeah, well, he probably was pretty happy to be able to keep going on that solo anyway. Sometimes you can see that he was happy. Other times you could see it in his eyes. Yeah. Like, Dude, like, you better start singing here real soon or get I'm me out of just this. leave. Yeah. But uh, he never did. He never walked off. And neither does anybody else. I, I'm not the leader of any band. But I like to take a little control over certain songs. I just don't push my limit. You know, I don't push my luck. And I've been very fortunate the last 30 years to have musicians that didn't mind me doing that so much. <laughs> you are, you know, uh, the front man of all front men, though. Uh, <laughs> Why would you say well, that? Well, no, I mean, you, you know, you, you have a really good rapport with audiences you know, you talk to people while you're, you guys are up there. Um, you know, this is the first time I even really realized that you get nervous those first three songs because, you know, you really uh, have a great voice with, you know, talking to the audience and stuff. And uh, so, not sure where I was going with that, but <laughs> that was well. a, it, it is true. Like, you know, you, you have a... Oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, there was a time when, you know, your friendliness with the audience would, you know, sometimes you'd take it to that dark level and, and uh, get into <laughs> arguments or, 
you know, in my find all kinds of ways to drop f bombs, and people will get mad at you about that. Yeah. But it seems like you, you know, uh, with uh, Red Deluxe, you you're really, you know, you're able to um, acclimate to that that group where uh, everyone's, you know, much, you know, a real professional yeah. and uh, no goofing around like that. I like to say I can reinvent myself for whatever situation I'm in. Uh, you're right. Red Deluxe is more professional. They, I don't, uh, I don't let my sailor's voice come out <laughs> when I'm playing with them yeah. like I did with Red Deluxe and other bands. Uh, as bone far naked as, and other bands. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, bone naked. Yeah, and uh, you know, as far as how I work with people in the audience and things that. That's my favorite place to be. Right. Even though, yeah, I am nervous at first. Um, I don't know what I would do if I had to just be that guy that just sat in the background just strumming the guitar and not do what I do. I, I'd probably give it up because I... It, it's almost like stand-up comedy. You know, you're up there, you're ad-libbing, you're just, you know, kind of saying things but always like a sharp comment and stuff you know engaging the audience and yeah but i also have to have a little fuel for the fire you know somebody's got to start it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) otherwise i could just stay up there and sing all night and and i'd still be happy but i like it you know i like going a little back and forth with people in the audience because that means they're they're paying attention you know and they're they're having a good time if they weren't they just leave i'd never hear a word out of them now, do you ever get up there and like, hey, guys, what song do you want to hear? Never, because <laughs> everybody's going to say Freebird, and I don't do that song. You guys don't do Freebird? <laughs> I, well, you, I know you do other uh, uh, Leonard Skinner songs, Simple yeah. Man and... Uh, What's Your Name? What's Your uh, Name, yeah. There, there's several Skinner songs that I love to do. Um, I've never done Freebird. Freebird just got overplayed, you and know. That's why I that's, won't do it. Yeah. Every band it's like Stairway does to it. Heaven. You know, you yeah. never even hear Stairway to Heaven anymore. Yep. Every band does that one and Downs Out, Jukin, and it's like... Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, and they, they, they mess it up every time. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard a cover band do a good job on them, so why bother? I know. It's such a, um, you know, it's such a Leonard Skinner song. It's, and if you're going to, you know, copy it, you're not going to sound just like them. No. And it's also not a song that really is amenable to making your own song. I mean, it's, um, no, you it's all to. about, you know, that version from One More From The Road and uh, any other, any, I mean, I, didn't, uh, I would imagine that Leonard Skinner themselves can't even play it as good as it got played Probably that got not. put on that album. Things change when it's live, uh, you know, uh, you, you hear bands do their own stuff in concert, and they change it. Yeah. You know, they'll tune down to make it easier to sing, and I can appreciate that. I, I need to do that myself sometimes. Uh, then they'll change the words because it's like, that's what I really wanted to say when I recorded this uh-huh. song. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll update it to, yeah. you know, wherever they are. Right, you know, and I, I can appreciate changing things. I like to do that myself. Um, I just can't do it. I, I don't change the lyrics like I used to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, you guys, uh, Red Deluxe, uh, have any original music that you guys play? Uh, we don't have any that we play out. No, uh, Just stuff you play at, at uh, no, we Roger's don't even, Basement. <laughs> no, we don't even rehearse it. Um, and that's a little, a little disappointing for me because I think that was the direction we were going to go. A, a somewhat anyway I wrote a song took me 15 minutes to put it together and I took it to rehearsal and uh, this is when Gary was still with us I said guys I really like the lyrics but I'm no music writer I need help so I just kind of played the riff that I had in mind next thing you know between uh, Gary and Kevin they had restructured the whole song I wanted the drums to start the song just because that's different. So Roger did a little thing. He says, you know, I'll think of something better for it later. We recorded it that night, just a quick, you know. Dab tape? Yeah, it was nothing serious, but I, I fell in love with the song that took me 15 minutes to write. Those are the best songs. And like, uh, if you have to 
torture yourself to get it down on paper, it's not going to ever be a great song. But the best yeah. songs are written in 15 minutes. Probably. Had it not been for Kevin, it wouldn't have a bridge, because that's the kind. I'm not. I'm not a music writer. I, I didn't even know what a bridge was. I'm like, I got these. You recognize it once they told you, I'm sure, because yeah. you've sung like, oh, thousands so of songs. So that's a bridge. I get it. All right. And uh, it was called a back pocket blues. And uh, we we played it uh, at our New Year's Eve gig that year. And of course, uh, Roger's wife Pam, she records so many different videos for us. She recorded it. It's our most liked and viewed video on our Facebook page. Within a week, we had over a thousand views, you know, and I thought that's, wow. that's pretty cool for just a little local band, you know? Yeah, with their own original song. It's yeah. not like a. And I would like to get back to that. I would like to put some more of my uh, lyrics to music. Um, my brothers and I always used to write original stuff. Yeah. And when we did, you know, of course, my brother Bradley, he would just be waiting to see what he felt like doing for a lead. And when we would write, I would sit behind the drums, just keep a beat, because I'm not a drummer either. I would just keep a beat and just tap with a pad of paper on one of the floor toms. And then my brother Doyle, he would either uh, play the keyboard or another guitar, and we would just mix things later. And uh, we, had, we had probably eight good songs that we played out on a regular basis, and we even had some of them people would request. Well, I still have those songs, sure. but I don't have anybody to play them with. <laughs> right. So uh, does Red Deluxe play that song that, um, that you wrote and that um, Pam recorded and all that, or just doesn't get into the mix that often? No, we don't play it at all. Unfortunately, uh, when Gary passed away, that song just kind of got put on the back burner because we, uh, we were fortunate enough to get uh, Billy Ray Rogers out of Valparaiso, Indiana, to play music with us for a while after Gary left and uh, we never got back to that song because Billy's a blues guitar player so he was learning songs he would have never even thought about learning I mean a blues guy doesn't play Jenny Jenny or you know eight six seven oh, five. yeah yeah you know, a, a blues guy doesn't play modern English stuff he, he plays the blues yeah but Billy put a lot of effort into helping us keep going and then when my brother was moving back from Colorado uh, he took his, he took Billy's spot because it, it just wasn't Billy's thing. Yeah, he was helping you guys out yeah, for a while. And it sounds like I, we're very appreciative that he spent as much time with us as he did. Yeah, and I think if Bradley hadn't been moving back, that that Billy would have stuck it out even longer till we found someone else. So we never got back to my song, and now maybe we might be able to do that. Because I think we're we're comfortable in the amount of songs that we have, uh, we could we could do two nights and probably only have to repeat a half a dozen songs or so, and those would be the ones that everybody wants to listen to, uh, like when we do our uh, our rendition of uh, Seven Bridges Road, uh, it gets requested. So if we play two nights in a row, we're going to do that song two nights in a row. Yeah. You know? So you guys do more country songs than, uh, than you do with Bone Naked. Yeah, yeah, but that's because uh, we play venues that Bone Naked would have never even thought about trying to play. Well, you guys play a lot of venues. I mean, you, you probably have one to two um, uh, gigs every weekend. Yeah, for, yeah that, that happens quite frequently. We'd like to stick with just one because, you know, we're tired. We all have families and... Uh, you know, it gets it gets cumbersome after a while. Well, throughout the year, you guys are playing too. It's not like uh, just because it's summer and there's a lot of things going on, but you guys are playing out. You know, almost every weekend each year. Yeah, it's uh, pretty nice. This summer or this these last couple of years, probably more cancellations of stuff than than you've ever seen. I mean, I, I've never even heard of a concert really getting canceled. You know, concerts just. Um, you know, if a if a band commits and a venue uh, commits, that's it. You know, there's no there's very little cancellation. But since all this COVID stuff, there's ha it's left and right. You know, last year get, and the, the weather was bad this summer. Some of these outside things. Yeah, last year when the COVID thing hit really hard, we had 28 shows get canceled. 
We our calendar was full by uh, the end of January last year. Yeah. And then empty by the end of March. Unbelievable! Wow. Uh, and that was uh, a little disheartening, you know. For we're sure. Like, I hope nobody forgets about us. You know, we we tried really hard to to build a reputation of being a, the band that people want to listen to, and they can come out and dance and and have fun, and then, bam, we're just off the map. And it, so you know, we were we were kind of new to the scene when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so building that that relationship with the people and the venue owners was difficult. Well, apparently they didn't forget us. Our we probably made up for those twenty eight shows this year. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we played Wednesdays, Thursdays, Sundays, yeah. you know, Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> We've been all over the place, and uh, fortunate that only a few of them got canceled due to weather. Yeah, that yes. you expect. Right. But for your entire year. That, uh, get yeah. crapped on <laughs> right so um you know what happened after co- after you know what was it? march 15th i want to say is when march 15 2020 that's kind of when everything was like you know the uh the orders came out closing places and all that uh what did you guys do when it first happened just all these shows got canceled and then you sat at home yeah you know what was when did you start you know i mean was there a, a conversation like you know, hey, let's just go over to Rogers and just, you know, fiddle around. Yeah, you know, keep it, your mask on, keep on the opposite side of the Except for we didn't go to Rogers. See, Indiana opened up a little earlier than Michigan as far That's as right. easing up on their restrictions. And, and Kevin lives in Michigan City, so we started sneaking over to Kevin's house. And oh, there you go. <laughs> but how soon after, um, you know, COVID hit did, did you guys say, like, okay, that's enough sitting at home. We're going to at least get together and start playing together again. Probably May. It was yeah. probably May when we just got tired of not being able to at least jam. You know, we're not getting paid. We're not going to play for people. But we still wanted to play for ourselves. And, yeah. And keep the songs honed on, honed in. And, and so when things did open up, we could come back and, and still be the band people wanted to listen to. Right. Well, man, I think we're... Uh We've had a quite a, a, a discussion here. We've been at it for the whole time almost. Uh, yeah, I can keep going. Yeah, back. me I too. I realize we're running out of time, aren't we? No, but I wanted to. Uh, so, uh, where? When's the next band? What's the next gig with Red Deluxe? Where are you guys playing? Um, well, that we're actually taking a couple weeks off. Oh, okay. Uh, partly so that I can jam with the Bone Naked guys this weekend. Uh huh. But the other part is, I think uh, my. My younger brother had some plans, too. And then the following weekend, uh, again, my brother had, had some plans with his wife. And so we're, we're going to take two weeks off. And then September 17th, we are going to be back at... Um, well, Worst Fest is canceled. I know Worst that. Worst Fest got canceled. That was the 18th. And, you know, we were looking forward to that because... Yeah. A lot of exposure there, you know. It's 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 not a huge festival, but it seems to get bigger each time they have it. And unfortunately, it got canceled last year. Yeah. And now, for the same reasons, they're canceling it this year. They're calling it COVID precautions. Right. And I can I can understand their concern. Yeah. And, yeah. And appreciate the fact they want to try to keep everyone safe. But I really wanted to play. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Friday the 17th, we're going to be at Tavern on the River in St. Joe. Oh, yeah, okay. Which we had never played That's there before. That's a new place, I think, isn't it? Uh, they've been around Pretty, for maybe a year or so yeah, that I know relatively of. relatively new. And uh, we played there a few weeks ago, and we had so much fun. Oh, yeah. That when they asked us to come back, we just jumped right on it. It's like, you know, yeah, let's go do that again, because I never, I never played a place other than a marina that people would just pull up in boats and park and come to the bar like cool. you would in a car, you know? That's great. And we had that their whole dock area was full of boats and people dancing on their boats. Like, this is a party. That's awesome. And they were they were really great. And they wanted us back right away. And, of course, we don't have any Saturdays to offer them. So yeah. they asked so us. So the 17th is a Friday. Is a I mean, Friday. It's not like, you know, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we would probably do it Tuesday if they asked. You know? Yeah. So you got that one on the 17th. Uh, anything else that weekend or the weekend after? 
No, we don't have anything that weekend because Worst Fest got canceled. Right, right. And then, uh, well, it'll be the following weekend. We'll be at Shamrock Station for a Friday night thing, but it's a private party. Oh, yeah. But then the Shamrock Station is where Gravity Brewing used to be. Yes. That's kind of cool. Do they do brewing over there? I haven't been over there yet. On a small scale, but they, they've got some really good beers there. Cool. They, they do, and, and the people. Such a nice setting, too. It's it beautiful is. out there. And, and, and the owners, they're great. I mean, they're very accommodating, and, and well, they asked us to play this private party they're putting together for a group for themselves, uh-huh. but then the following weekend, we're there on a Saturday having fun. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's great. Well, sounds good. And then, uh, of course, Bone Naked is coming back together for this uh, engagement uh, private party. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's about all we could say about it. Any, any plans to, you know, try to get another gig uh, for Bone Naked? I think It'd be I'd kind like of a shame to. at this point. You know, you guys put your songs back together, had all kinds of fun practicing together. Yeah, you It'd know, be kind of fun. I, I think I'd like to do something. You know, we never really played out a lot. Uh, we kind of were, we would pick and choose where we right. would play it, or it, the place would have us. So I, I think for Bone Naked, I, I would like to see if we, we could do a couple of festivals next year. That would be fun. That, that yeah. would be a good time. Well, cool. We'll talk about that again sometime. Anytime. Uh, for today, I think we're done here. Uh, this is Johnny Secret Stash, and I'm John Goldman, and I've had the pleasure of chatting with Randy Rogers, who's lead guitar, lead uh, rhythm guitar, and lead vocals for Red Deluxe, and uh, the same for Bone Naked. And uh, yeah, that's been great. We're uh, Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 FM, WRHC, out of Three Oaks, and uh, 93.5 WRHZ, out of Sawyer, and of course. Um, recording in uh, the lovely new Sawyer, Michigan studios. It is a nice place. Had you been here before? Never. It's gorgeous. I'll be back. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) See you next week.